Yo, yo. What's up? What's up? <laughs> Who's this, Josh? Yeah, how's it What's going? What's up, man? What's How up, you doing? Keith? Yeah. What's up, Keith? Man, nice to meet you uh, virtually. Nice to meet you virtually, too. Cool. How's it going? It's going great. Yeah, we're just, uh, you know, we're chilling. I'm having a, I'm actually off from work, so I'm kind of having a relatively chill day. Of course, I got like, it's not usually typical, but I got a million phone call, work phone calls today. Oh, yeah, what do you despite, do? Despite being off, I work in finance. Oh, cool. How's that going? Uh, you know, it's going. It's um, it's uh, it's good. You know, pays yeah. good, but you yeah. know, it's stressful. So, yeah, it's I got a, it's a give and take, man. Yeah, I got a lot of cousins who work in finance and shit. Is that right? Yeah. Well, my my mom's side's Indian, so. You probably oh, have cool. a lot of you probably have a lot of Indian coworkers. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I you do. do have some. <laughs> you know, well, I work on a small team. Okay, cool. Yeah, so uh, you know, it's, uh, we don't. I don't have actually many colleagues at all. <laughs> oh, I, I, I. where do you live, Keith? Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Oh, Bay Ridge. I was. I was yeah. just. I was just at Tannerine recently. Oh, you were? Yeah, it's good. Yo, Tannerine kicks ass, man. Yeah, dude. The I get the veggie platter. Yes. With um yeah, with like uh it's like those really dark greens with the with the caramelized onions on top and oh, the lentils. Yeah. Oh man. Oh yeah. I'm a Canarsie, good. So I'm not too far. Yeah, so okay, so you're you're where your studio is. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. It's a cool. real home studio. That's awesome. Oh, so it's in is it in your house or like it's part of your house or Something yeah, like it's, yeah, it's in my basement. Nice. Okay, cool. You got to come by and hang out, man. Definitely. Definitely. Do you play any music? Absolutely. What do you play? Guitar. Oh, yeah. We, we got to get together. Yeah. We got to yeah. do a little rocking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. Um, yeah, so, and so, uh, by the way, and I don't know, Dan, did you join? Not yet. So um, this is going to be all about you, man. Hey, ask, ask away. I'm so you know? happy to be here. Thanks for yeah. thanks for having me on, man. You guys are so cool. Yeah. So you know what I'm going to do too. Um, I'm going to do. So we have an intro. Cool. I'm going to do my intro. And cool. and by the way, we do this pretty. You know, we're pretty chill. Like it's very, it's very candid. So yeah. I often don't edit the podcast. No problem. Unless there's something, unless there's like, you know, unless you like say something weird and you're like, you know, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I you let it. me know. And then I you let it. me know. I'll keep it and totally I'm happy to... PC. Yeah, yeah. But we're, you know, we don't, we don't edit much and you don't have to be totally, totally PC. You know, you can speak freely, but we try to keep it positive. I dig it. You know? That's the way to be, man. Positive. Um, yeah. So, um, so this is, um, and actually, so I'll give the, I'll give the intro and when Dan gets here, he gets here. Sounds like a plan, Stan. Cool. Uh, this is the Getcha Some Productions podcast. I think this might be episode 60-ish or maybe 61. I don't know. Yeah. Um, we are a podcast covering all things related to music production from the first note to the last fan and everything in between. We create music and we seek to inspire others to do the same. 
so my name's Keith, and today, uh, and I'm, we're waiting for Dan to join us, but we have Josh. Is it Salant? That's it. Word. So Josh Salant of Salant Sound Studios in Canarsie, Brooklyn, and we're just going to do, we're going to check out Josh's, uh, Josh's gig and wait, was that Dan? No. no, it's me. Chomping oh, Dan, chomping. what's up, dude? What's up, Dan? Hey, dude. How's it going? <laughs> wow, man. Yo. So, do we have three hippies in a room right now? Pretty much, dude. <laughs> no, man. It's two hippies in a suit. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <sighs> I mean, right Jake now I'm wearing a nerd. I'm wearing, yeah. Man, I'm such a square. <laughs> <laughs> Let's nerd out, man. Nerd yep. out all day. Yep. Dude so, literally would roll up to rehearsal in his like suit and tie. Back oh, in the day. nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and the briefcase and everything was hysterical. Oh, what band are you guys playing? We don't, we're not in the well, band that was, right now. Hey, that was like Jolly Ship the Whiz Bang, man. That was like, oh, we are. Yeah, we, yeah. Well, we're, we're sort of, yeah, we're in the handshake. You know, Dan, Dan and I are just, you know, like lifetime yeah, yeah. collaborators. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Dan lives in Virginia. Oh, oh we're in Virginia. Like, uh, like by like, uh, you know, where Richmond like is? Oh, Richmond. Okay. That's not uh, by two DC. hours south. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was just talking to my buddy. He's uh, he was out in uh, Virginia Beach. Old uh, punk rocker from right, the right. 80s. Nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. So, so Dan, yeah, I gave... that's the whole scene, Virginia Beach. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole scene. Oh yeah, big scene, what, right? What scene is Virginia Beach? Yep. Or, uh, or, like, the, or it's just the Virginia Beach scene, like a, a spot, you know, like um, uh, obviously, uh, it's like a tourist area, you know what I mean? But it's got that sort of like, um, uh, it's own little scene. I'm trying to think, like, what would be equivalent out where you guys are, like Coney Island, <laughs> or like, yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, it's not quite yeah. like that, but you get the idea. Maybe it's more like um, like Atlantic City or something. Like it's there you a go. little bit more. There you go. There you go. It's a little Back bit more here. developed, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool. So, yeah, so Dan. Oh, sorry. That's it. I've never been there. No, I was gonna say they, they used to be this place that that the, that the punk rockers used to play called Kogan's, and it was all like almost like a pizza joint, but it was like a big uh, big rock and roll place that's you know? awesome a lot of punk a lot of punk, man. beach punk go to sell, hold on the You're toughest of the toughest to here turn off that wi-fi <laughs> am i still there you hear me i yep. can hear you so so um we so dan i i gave part of the me? intro but i was can, can you hear me yep yo, yo. hello yo yo yep we can hear you i can hear yeah, you this is good I can hear y'all. So I, I gave half the intro. I, I, um, I just got up to the part where this podcast is usually a uh, business meeting between me and Dan. And we, we just put it all out there. Like we're trying to figure out how to build a music empire in full public view. So every business meeting is just live. And we just show everybody the peek behind the curtain. But 
when we can and we like to uh, and we want to do oh you're back yeah yeah. i'm still working my way through the intro sorry um i was uh so what i was about to say was um that what we like to do sometimes uh for a change of pace and to get some new blood on the podcast is to do interviews so uh we're so psyched to have you on the show mr josh salant I'm psyched to be here. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Truly a pleasure. We get to hang out and nerd out a little bit. Nerd out. <clears throat> so, you know, so Dan, I don't know if how much of you, this background you know, but Josh has a studio in Canarsie, Brooklyn. Canarsie. There you go. <laughs> you said it right. <laughs> so, so we, we, you know, I think just like we want to get into, you know, we want to get into everything all about you because, you know, when, when you're, you're the guest, right? So I want to know, like, let's start from the beginning. Like, how did you get into music? Um, you know, like, tell us about some of your early bands, like all that shit. Yeah, definitely. Well, I got into music. Well, uh, my dad's a musician. Uh, he plays bass and he plays guitar and he sings. Uh, nice. He wasn't uh, like, you know, he's, he was more of a hobbyist, but he used to play some gigs in the 70s with like a salsa band and uh, some like rock and roll bands in like the 60s, like, you know, uh, mid 60s, like like when like Deep Purple was was uh, was rocking the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, so he kind of left the instruments around the house and me and my brother would, you know, uh, toy around with them. And eventually uh, we started playing what? for real. And What's your brother's name? School. Um, I'm sorry? What's your brother's name? Oh, my brother's name is Sean. Right, right. Okay, good. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, my dad tried to start me on guitar, like, when I was, like, probably, like, around eight or so. But I really, I failed miserably at it. <laughs> <laughs> but my brother, he's two years younger than me. When he was eight, he picked up the guitar and he just ran with it. So he's, you know, he's a professional guitar player. He's been playing guitar for, you know, over 25 years. Cool. And, uh, and then, you know, um, um, I started playing bass in bands. Um, and uh, we started having, uh, you know, uh, we, we had our, our basement. We started jamming down here. And then, um, you know, I was talking to my dad. I said, hey, dad, you know, I think I want to, um, I think I want to really learn how to play the drums. And he's like, uh He's like, oh, well, I have a drum set in the attic. You know, um, it needs some parts, but we were able to get some parts. We went to Sam Ash. We got some parts for it, like maybe a kick pedal, some hoops, some skins, stuff like that. And we just had the drum set set up there. So we started having rehearsal down here with some uh, with some drummers. But drummers are very flaky and they don't show up. Um, so, yeah, so so I started playing drums um, just to fill in, you know, um, and then I became a drummer. I started playing drums when I was 15. I'm 34 now. So mm-hmm. it's going on 20 years playing the drums. And um, it's been fun. It's, it's, it's my main gig. We have a great time. You know, I work with a lot of artists um, that come down to the studio who need drums. And I'll just be like, you know, uh, the quote unquote session drummer. And I'll just try to do exactly what they need and keep it groovy and keep it sexy and keep it moving. Mm -hmm. (laughs) wow yeah session player that's the real deal you know that's like uh, i mean you know i'm learning i'm learning like you know i'm 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 starting i'm starting to play like uh i'm starting to i'm starting to learn how to play like death metal you know okay 
Um, I mean, I, you know, like I play all kinds of stuff. I play classic rock. I play funk. I play blues. You know, um, really, whatever um, it comes down to, uh, uh, like uh, mainly in the rock genre, like indie and folk and punk um, and metal. But now I think th- I think one of the final frontiers for me is, I mean, of course, there's always jazz, which is the yeah. huge final frontier. But, you know, I want to learn how to play like, you know, really fast double bass so I can keep up with um, right. with whatever they need. You know, sure, sure. Hey, um, Josh, you ever um, you ever check out Gojira? I love Gojira. That drummer's an animal. Oh, uh, you know what? Uh, my buddy, uh, my buddy told me a really funny story recently. Um, um the guys from uh, the guys from uh, Gojira, they have a studio out in Ridgewood that they built. Wow, Ridgewood, Queens, which is kind of like in the border of Brooklyn, Queens. And uh, my buddy uh, was working at Home Depot, and like Joe, um, the uh, the uh, guitar player of Gojira, he, like he comes in all the time, and now he knows wow. my buddy by name, and it's like, <laughs> I'm like, dude. You gotta link me up with Joe. I want to meet him, <laughs> but I don't know. Hell yeah, happen. it's just a pipe dream right now. Right, right. You but know, it would Keith, be awesome. Um, yeah, Keith does, probably doesn't know Gojira as well as I do, but um, I'll send you some links. That drummer, he does a lot of really uh, cool stuff for a metal drummer. A lot of a lot of grace notes, a lot of ghost notes and stuff. Oh and, yeah, um, yeah. He's he's, Finesse, he's got a real real unique guy. Style. Yeah, the couple of things you sent me were like all real pocket stuff, right? Yeah. Like like really just like. Just like getting it, getting it, and just like getting that nasty look on your face, like you smell something <laughs> bad. Yes, and Thank just you. getting, getting the ugly drummer face. Yeah, digging in, just digging in and going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hell yeah. I'm, so, so yeah. So actually, so what's your like? So that's that's really cool. I'm into all the stuff you're doing, and I like this like the drummer, like session drummer thing that you're doing. Like you have your studio, but like obviously you recognize the fact that drummers are tough. You know, there's not that many of them and people always need drummers. And it's, and it's like a desperate, like for singer songwriters, I feel the pain, you know, you're always looking for a drummer. And I guess yeah. like you're, you're probably just responding to the marketplace maybe, right? Like death yeah. metal bands coming in and you're like, Oh shit, I got to learn this stuff. Yeah. And you know what? Like a lot of people write music, but maybe they don't, Maybe they don't have rehearsals with people. Maybe they can't, you know, lock down people to, to jam with and stuff. Or maybe like their drummers aren't used to being in a studio setting, which is different, you know. You know, I mean, everything is under the microscope. You know, you really have to play tight, and you have to not play too washy, so it doesn't, you know, so it doesn't bleed into everything. You know, there's like a little finesse that you have to do it, have to do, and like it's just skills. It's just really like it's just a skill set it's something anybody can learn and just practice but you know like a lot of drummers maybe they don't play with a click track maybe they've never been in the studio before and they don't really know the nuances of of recording and stuff so like if they don't have a drummer and they need somebody and i'm here and i don't want to be in the control room by myself you know i'll being bored i'd rather be out there with the band and have some fun and put down something you know i mean when it comes down to it um if you get the basic tracks you know drums bass and guitar or even just like drums and guitar or drums and bass, something that has a foundation. Once you lay that down and, it's, and it feels good and yeah. it sounds good, then you can layer everything else on top and you can flesh it out. But you have to get that initial, you have to get that initial takedown, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm used to that. I'm used to, you know, doing long takes and stuff. I've recorded some albums to tape and stuff. So I'm used to, you know, being able to kind of like, I'm going to play it till it's perfect, guys. Please bear with me. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so you're, a worker. Perfect you're, enough. 
you're a workhorse. What, what's your, what's your like main, what's your like, you know, if like, if, if, if you said like, this is my main style or this is the band that I'm, this is the drummer that I'm most like, like, what's the thing that like, cause I get it. Like you're a session guy. So you can like, you're trying to do all these different things, but what's your like, you know, the thing that like makes you happiest or that you like go for, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say like a lot of my influences are like classic rock, you know? So, like, uh-huh. you know, one of my favorite drummers is kind of, like, very underrated, in my opinion, is, like, Nick Mason from Pink Floyd. Um, yeah. Because, you know, Nick Mason, he, like, plays behind the beat, like, way behind the beat, and he, like, hits the snare just the very last second, and he just makes the whole thing groove. Or, like, ACDC is one of my one of my favorites, where he just holds it down and makes it feel so good, you know? Yeah. Um, but, like, if I'm playing, like, like alternative rock or indie, I like, like, like Chad Smith kind of style where you have like a little bit of ghost notes a little bit of finesse but you know lay it down nice and uh, nice and fat fat back beats you know fat mm-hmm. yeah um and then if i'm playing like metal or if i'm playing doom i like to take influences from like uh from like 90s american metal like pantera and megadeth slayer nice. you know so that mm-hmm. like that those kind of guys i mean you know what it comes down to is every band's original and every piece of music is original so i just try to um, I just try to write parts that just fit the best for that song. And I just want to make the artist happy because it's their work. You know, it's not really about my drumming at all. I just want them to feel like, OK, this is going to really like enhance my song. If there's a fill they don't like, I don't play it. If they want me to play a specific fill, I'll play it. You know, mm-hmm. so that's what I try to do. I try cool. to, you know, I make it feel good. Absolutely. So and this is your main gig. So you you run the studio. And you're like the session drummer that's always there. Yeah, yeah, and like, um, like if the band has a drummer, I mean, it's even better because I can, because I can, you know, they can, uh, they can do what they do, and I can start working on mixing and start working on sounds. You know, uh, while they're getting takes out in the live room, I'm already in the control room, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm mixing and I'm, I'm playing with some reverb and some delays, and I'm just trying to just capture the vibe. So when they come into the control room and they listen back they can decide if that's the vibe they're going for or not, or if they like the take or if they like the way the mix is headed, you know, like I can just kind of get like, um, um, I can get like some, some instant feedback, you know? Yeah. yeah. So uh, it, anybody you, I know you did. Um, I've just, cause I noticed on internet, is it James Carancio? Is that how you supposed to say his name? Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. just did his record, right? Yeah, we've worked on maybe like five records together over the years. Yeah, I, I mean, I heard a couple. He's been posting stuff online. I, I heard a couple of tracks, so and I thought it sounded great. So oh, that sounded awesome. Who, who else are you working with, or if, or if there's any, you know what? Like, so we want we want to give you a spot, you know. So first of all, what's your website? Um, or and I saw you have like the Facebook. Is that your main? Is that your main spot to get people to hit you up? Uh, yeah, I mean, Facebook, Instagram. I also have a website, salonsound.com. Okay, good. Yeah. And that has links yeah, to, yeah. Like, to YouTube and stuff. I have, I, have, I have stuff on Spotify. I have stuff on YouTube. If you just look up my name, Josh Salant, S-A-L-A-A-N-T. Yeah. And, and, we, and we'll link to all of it. So I'm sorry, S-A-L-A-N-T. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, Josh, you can't spell your own last name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You, uh, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll link to everything. You send me all the links, and then when we put the show out, we'll just put links in the description so people can just click. Yeah, thanks, guys. I, yeah, I, absolutely I really appreciate it. 
Yeah, so, but uh, but Jim uh, Jim is one of my good buddies too. You know, we have so much fun making records together, and he's yeah. just come such a long way um, as an artist. You know, um, he started out as just like a singer songwriter, uh, folk, you know, a, a folk, and now he does a lot of indie and stuff. And now he plays electric, you know, and he taught himself how to play keys. He taught himself how to play bass. He's really pushing the boundaries with his vocals and stuff. So you know, I love to see that. Like we're just like people over the years and how they kind of like find their sound. You know, um, it takes a long time for an artist to discover uh, what their sound is, you know. And I think that Jim, like over the years, he just has been honing in on his craft. And, you know, he makes, you know, he just make, uh, he makes uh, the records for himself. You know, for him, um, it's just about, you know, how he can make the best record, you know. Yeah. And I, you know, so wait, so I appreciate that. How long have you been in the, uh, the industry with your studio and, and doing this, this work? Well, I officially opened my studio in 2014. Okay. But I was running it since 2005. Wow, still, wow. You wow. know, I was just running it. I mean, I, I used to work at Sam Ash Music. Right. And, um, you know, I had a lot of fun there. I made a lot of friends there. Um, I mean, tons, tons of musicians. I was working like 10 minutes from my house. So 10, 15 minutes from my house. So, you know, I mean, it was great. Everybody from the local uh, music scene I got to meet and hang out with and, you know, um, but, you know, so so while I was working, I was building the studio. I was taking sessions. I was working out the kinks. Right. I was learning stuff, you know, so I've been running it since 2005. The first record I the first record I ever made was my thrash band in 2005. The band was called Name Your Poison. Nice. We, you know, we used to play <laughs> in high school together and we all lived in Canarsie. So it was great. It was like, hey, uh, you guys want to have a rehearsal? Yeah, sure. I'll be there in 15 minutes. Nice. Like now, you know, we have to schedule a rehearsal in like two weeks in advance because everybody's so busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody's adults now. You know, we were just kids. Right. We were 15-year-old kids. But that was that was so much fun. And, you know, like it was a learning experience, you know. And um, I don't know. I try to make my records like um, like classic records. Like I try to have I try to have everybody in the room together. And all their amps are isolated, but they're all in the room and they all get the takes together. So if one guy makes a mistake, we can just punch it in. It's all on separate tracks. There's no bleed through, you know, Um, but really like that initial take and that initial uh, take all together, you know, where you're all like in the same moment. And even if you rush a little bit or you slow down a little bit, if you play together, it just feels good. It feels natural. feels like those old records. Get the energy on there, right? The energy. uh, Yeah. You know, you could do the a la carte thing, you know, where you can just like lay down the drums and then quantize them and lay down the bass and edit them. But it just to me, that's just not my style. It just doesn't it never feels the same. You know, I listen, if your band's going to be here while your drummer's tracking, you might as well just like play a little bit. And if we can get some keeper takes. Awesome. If we don't, we'll just you know, we'll just uh, we'll just punch on top of it. You know? We'll just that's right. Redo them. But you're yeah, here, just, you know, just yeah. let's capture it. Why? Uh, uh, yeah, well, I mean, Keith, if, uh, if memory serves, that's kind of how when we did some some uh, some of our tracks, we would always have the the bass playing along with the drum while the drummer's laying down. Like, why don't I just play direct mm-hmm. along? You know, yeah. and like, hey, if those if those takes came out really hot, we, half the time we end up keeping like my first or second run on bass. You know, the vibes there, and sometimes even guitar. Um, yeah, definitely, but, man. I mean, you, you guys know, are in the same moment. You know, exactly. You're gonna capture you like. Well, um, I guess sometimes I work with like younger clients, you know, who are like maybe like 16, 17 or maybe maybe even like 20 or 22 years old, you know, and it's the first time in the studio. 
but they've been rehearsing, uh, you know, um, they're always in the rehearsal studio with their band and they always play together. So I try to set it up where it's like, guys, it's going to feel just like rehearsal, but you'll be able to hear everything perfectly and you guys can play together and it's going to feel good. Nice. What I mean, um, listen back, you know, and see how it feels. So, so you've been, so that's, you know, that's, that's a minute. You've been doing it for, for a while. And, um, I was curious about like, what are some of the big changes you've seen like over the decade, past decade or so? And like, have you noticed any change just, you know, in the creative process or, 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 you know, in the yeah, industry? Well, yeah. Well, especially since COVID, you know, um, uh, before COVID, you know, uh, everybody, you know, of course everybody was working and making records and stuff, but, um, uh, but during the quarantine, people have been writing a lot of stuff. Uh, they've been uh, they've been working on projects. They've been very, um, you know, they've been they've been focusing on the art, you know, because they had time. You know, maybe they weren't working, or maybe they were home, you know, whatever it was. But they had time to work on their projects and their passion projects. So I feel like since since COVID, there's just been an influx of just tons of projects of people who have sometimes have like like on this on this guy I was working with who who had never wrote a song, and during uh, during COVID, he wrote forty songs. Huh. You know? <laughs> And he's really good too. You know, the guy can sing, the guy can play. You know, so it's like kind of like a hidden talent that no one uh, would have ever heard. But now that he had a little time, you know, he had a little downtime. He got to kind of hone in and make it happen. Nice. And, and uh, what what about in terms of style of music? Like, who's have you noticed a change of like like what kind of styles are popular? Uh, like with local bands and and how it's changed over the years. I'm curious, like. Especially now, like, you know, everybody is talking about like the death of guitar and, you know, I think it's coming back and it sounds like it's coming back from the, w the way the, the guitar companies are reporting sales lately. But yeah, it's yeah, like, I would who, say who's yeah, around right say, now. Yeah, I would say that, you know, um, um, a lot of guitar, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting a lot of bands that play guitars, a lot of indie bands, a lot of rock bands, a lot of metal bands, you know, um, um. Um, I, I recently joined like a New York hardcore band and I feel like like New York hardcore um, has like um, has a has a pretty big uh, resurgence, you know, and there's a lot of, uh, of that stuff happening, you know. So I'm mean, really what it comes down to. It's just like I think that um, since uh, since COVID, I think people are like, listen, I'm just going to put out art and I'm going to put out art that represents me. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to work really hard and I'm going to work on the technical aspect and I'm going to work on the sound and the tones. And, and I go, yeah. Let's do it. So when they come to the studio, you know, they're like, uh, they're like 75%, like maybe 75, 75% of the way there, you know? Nice. And then we do a little tweaky, tweaky, tweaky tweaks, tweaky poos. <laughs> but really what it comes down to is, you know, like um, artists will be artists and they will play whatever they play, you know? Yeah. So I'm seeing a lot of metal, um, a lot of rock, a lot of indie. Um, yeah, that's... That's it. Also, I'm seeing a big, big, big burst in film. You know, a lot of people are making uh, movies. A lot of people are directing stuff and they need sound design. So I've been helping them with the sound design where we make soundscapes or we, you know, work on the dialogue or we do um, um, ADR stuff where like the actors come in and, you know, they uh, they do voiceovers and stuff. So I think um, I mean, I'm not really sure um, if yeah. you could um, I'm not really sure if you could point it towards uh, if, if you could point it uh, towards uh, the quarantine, but I, you know, that's what I feel is like, you know, they just 
really just people had time, you know, and they had time to work on their projects. So that's what we're seeing now. We're seeing the end result of people, you know, working hard, like, listen, I got to put this down and I got to put this out and I want it to be the best work it could ever be. You, you so do any hip hop? I do some hip hop too. You know, I do very little hip hop actually. Interesting. I just, yeah, um, I used to work with a really, uh, with a really good hip hop artist named Dino, and he recently moved to North Carolina. So sometimes when he's in town, he's like, "Hey, Josh, I got some songs to put down," but but yeah, you know, I don't really work with a lot of hip hop. Once in a while, once yeah. in a while, like I work with like some like lo-fi hip hop, or some stuff where they add some live drums. You know, um, back uh, back a few years ago, like the, uh, I would say the biggest thing was like Neo Soul. You know, people did a lot of oh, neo yeah. soul stuff. Yeah, and a lot of hip hop was a lot of hip hop influences in that. You know, like really late, like D'Angelo type uh, type drumming. Yes, and really that's deep. A, that's a gospel uh, bass. A Richmond guy. That's my hometown. Well, my new hometown. That's a, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So all that stuff. You know, I mean, really, what it comes down to is like, you know, uh, music is all relative. You know. So everybody is going to um, everybody's going to have their influences and it's all going to um, affect uh, what they play and how they play and how they play with others. And the best bands, in my opinion, is when you have. Um, well, <clears throat> the best bands is when you have um, all kinds of musicians from all different backgrounds. You know, you might have like a metal drummer and a funk bass player and a classic rock guitar player or hip hop guitar player. I mean, you know, like really like the sky's the limit. Everybody's going to bring their little uh, secret sauce, you know, to the uh, to the uh, to the project. And it's all going to make it nice, unique thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. I was um, I was kind of laughing in my head. Well, actually, I, I just want to go back and say, like, the first thing is I, I want to double down and like reiterate that I was glad to hear you say that um, the way you track stuff, because. Um, from all the times I've been in the studio, I think one of my biggest takeaways was not focusing on the live take. Like anytime I wasn't happy with a, with a recording that I ever made, it was when I wasn't focused on the live take. And I was, and I had an attitude. If I even had like a subconscious attitude of like, oh, I'll fix it. I'll just punch stuff in and I'll fix it. It yeah. always ended up screwed up. It's always exactly. all about the live, you know, it's always all about that, like the rawness of the live take, you know, even if you make a mistake, it's better than it's better than punching something that, you know, that's that's perfect, but doesn't have the feeling. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've been working on this method for the last couple of years where I get like three takes down and then we take uh, we take a little break. Maybe we'll uh, we'll listen back to them and we'll see you know what we like, what we don't like, and then we'll do another three takes, and then I mean if you really can't get it in six takes, then maybe it's not ready to be recorded. You know, mm -hmm. I mean of course you can go you know for a seventh or an eighth or a ninth, but you know really what it comes down to is like, you know um the feel and the way the band sounds, um it's gonna show up in those takes you know, and the organic you know, having the organic nature um, of the takes of the band of the guys playing together. I mean, if you really can't nail it in three or six takes, then it probably needs a little more work. That's right. You know, you know, and there's nothing it, wrong with that. 
Yeah, well, <laughs> there, is something, <laughs> there is something wrong with it because it means they got to go back to the rehearsal studio, <laughs> right? It means they paid for the time and they weren't ready, which is, you know, I mean, that's it. That's the learning experience. Like, you know, I think like also a lesson for people is like if you end up in that situation and it's actually I'm sort of like it's occurring to me that, you know, you're like since it's like a one man shop, do you have an engineer like assistant or anything like that? Or are you just running it just you? It's usually just me, but yeah, sometimes so, sometimes the band will bring in a producer. Um, yeah, which that's great. You know, ask. I like to work with everybody. I mean, listen, if somebody has a vision, I mean, usually there's like a brainchild in the band. Sometimes it's a guitar player. Sometimes it's a drummer. You right. know, sometimes it's a bass player. But somebody has a vision of how they want the band to sound. Maybe they wrote the song or whatever. So I, you know, I just trust them and I try to help them get their vision because they're kind of steering the ship. You know. I see. Yeah. You know, that's because that was something that sort of like I was reflecting on as you were talking about the process. And I was like, well, you know, it could be that at times because you're so experienced now at this, that in a way, like watching the band play it and not getting the take, for instance, you all you sort of become the producer in a way. Right. Because you're just going to have to say, look, guys, (laughs) you know, you're not you know, this is, this is not happening right now. And, you know, and here's why, you know? Yeah. Well, sometimes I'll just give them suggestions, you know? Yeah. Like, and like, you know, like they're not, you know, like they could take it or leave it, you know? But if I say like, you know, guys, those hi-hats are really splashy and they're kind of muddying up everything. So maybe we should tighten them up or hit them a little softer, you know, or maybe the guitar player is, is trying to do uh, too much in the basic tracks, you know, maybe stick to the chords in the basic tracks and we'll overdub the solos and we'll overdub these little melody parts, you know, let's get a nice tight take, you know, mm-hmm. that's what I go for. Uh, simplicity, you know, like a lot of bands, uh, especially like in the past, you know, they wanted to come in the studio and do like 10 songs, you know, and, you know, I've done it, you know, I've done it where I just set them up live and then, you know, um, they lay down the takes and while they're working on the next one, I'm kind of mixing and, you know, doing a quick mix and exporting and, you know, working on the next tune. But I, um, I try to tell the bands like, listen, you know, why don't you come in and we'll try to get like one or two songs down. I mean, and we can get it down completely, you know, uh, soup to nuts, you know, uh, drums, uh, bass, uh, guitars, guitar overdubs, uh, solos, uh, vocals, background vocals, uh, percussion. You know, we could do that in a day for uh, for one song, you know, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to getting, you know, five songs done kind of kind of uh, crappily, you know, mm-hmm. uh, quality over quantity, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it depends. Sometimes it's hard to, you know, uh, with the availability um, of the band members, sometimes it's hard to get people, you know, people uh, down to the studio. So sometimes we do what we got to do. But in my opinion, it always works better when guys uh, when guys focus on like one tune and they really make it perfect. So they're proud of it. And now they have a single, you know, mm-hmm. and they can make a video for the single and they can get a little buzz going. Maybe they can get a little crowdfunding going, you know. I mean, you know, you don't have to spend, uh, you know, you don't have to spend a lot of money, you know, making a record. And making it really sloppy and, you know, trying to get it done like stupid fast, you know. Mm. Sometimes it's better to just uh, to just make some quality work. I mean, I think sometimes I think a single is better. You know, sometimes I think a single is better than making a, on like a full album of, of something you're not proud of. Mm-hmm. 
you know? Yeah. So I try to steer, um, you know, um, the guys to do that if they want to, you know? It's like, listen, you got a good song? Uh, let's get it done and let's get it done perfectly where you can play it and just love it every time you hear it, you know? But, but don't you know that everybody wants to do like their magnum opus every single time? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> and I'm, I'm guilty too, Black man. metal. They were like, they were like eight minute, nine minute songs, you know. And I was I'm, like, I was like, yo, let's do it. Let's rock it. I'm ready. That's <laughs> really funny. <laughs> All right. So, are you in any projects now? You said you were joined. You said you joined a what? Um, like a Brooklyn hardcore band. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm playing in a yeah. The newest band I joined is a band called No Call No Show, and they're like, mm-hmm. uh, they're like a New York hardcore, and they're kind of um like uh, like a metal band. It's, it's starting to get a little tech, you know, like a little tech metal. I also play mm-hmm. in a lot of like alternative rock bands. I've been playing in years. Like uh, one of my oldest bands is a band called Monster over there. We're working on our next uh, record. Mm-hmm. And I joined uh, a, 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 a surf band, like a surf punk band. Uh, called the Coffin Daggers, and they're uh, signed to Cleopatra, and they're working mm. on their records. Um, and I play in a band called Nova Lantern, which is an alternative rock band with some of my my old my old friends from bands like um, like I don't know if you guys ever heard of like Dirty Mother Nation, but like no. those guys from like the early two thousands. You know, um, <clears throat> I'm 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 playing with them. I play with uh, with Jim and Man Made Hill sometimes. Um, um, I play in some, um, in some doom metal bands. I mean, you know, sometimes the bands are just uh, bands that we work on the studio, but sometimes we have gigs, you know. Sure. Wow. Do you sleep? <laughs> what do you uh, I you don't sleep. You're workaholic, <laughs> aren't you? <laughs> um, damn. You know what it is? It's like you know, um, I'm a musician, and music is, you know, music. Um, it like took over my whole life, you know, and I love it. I work really, really hard. Um, I spent a lot of time making sure the studio is, um, uh, you know, uh, um, is upkept and everything is up to snuff. Everything is working perfectly. You know, I have a lot of like vintage amps and a lot of tube amps that, you know, you have to baby a little bit. But I baby them because I want people to come by and have them and people to enjoy them. Oh, I you know? love that. I love that. I'm such and I a want... tube nerd. I love that. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I have like I have like a 62 Vibra Lux. I got a 78 Fender Twin. Mm. Um, I got a, I have a Marshall Plexi clone. I have a, a 5150 for some high gain. I got a, I have a modern Marshall JCM 2000 triple super lead. I have my dad's first amp from the sixties. It's, um, it's a Sears, uh, silver tone. Mm. Wow. I have that. So, you know, I just try to maintain all these amps, make sure that they're running beautifully because I want people to have a nice sonic palette, you know? And, um, I think really the magic happens in the live room, you know. Um, I think um, I think it's like ninety percent of the sound is out in the live room, and and maybe an extra ten percent in the control room with a little reverb, a little EQ, a little compression. But really, what it comes down to is when you have uh, the right rig that inspires you, then the performance is inspired, and everything just sounds so much better. Great, absolutely. That sounds awesome. Now I'm like dying to come over there and play. You guys some gotta music. come by and hang out. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that I'd love to come by next time I'm up in the city. I would love to, if we could all get together and see the studio. And I'd love we could do, you know, we could meet. Uh, of course, we could. Uh, we could record yeah. a little single for fun. Hey, that'd we'll be just jam awesome. it out. I do it all the time. It? I do it all the time. Sometimes I like to get random people together that want to jam. 
And oh, we should do this. Together. Let's do this, Keith. Come on now. Okay. And you know yeah, what? So, we got yeah. a drummer now. <laughs> you know what's crazy? Yeah, totally, man. You know what's crazy? Like, after, like, five or ten minutes of, like, random people playing together, after five or ten minutes, people have a sound, and the band has a sound. That's and you right. go, you go, wow, everybody kind of just found their place. You know, the meandery guitar player. And... That's and me. The, um, <laughs> and the, yes. It's the laid-back stoner drummer. I mean, holy crap. They have a yep. sound. And I'm, you know, I always let the stuff... I, I always let it roll. I'm always recording. So when they come in, they go, wow, this sounds better than I thought it did. Wow, we did good. And I go, well, you guys, I don't know. Like, are you guys a band now? Who knows? But at least you have a record of something that you did today. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I love it, man. You know, I got to say, I, I'm, I'm real impressed, like, with this interview, just, like, hearing you talk, like, real, really clear sense of, like, um, your approach. You oh, know, thank capturing, you, man. Yeah, man. Capturing that energy, the soul of the music, you know, the heart. I mean, I just want to have fun, man. Yeah. I want to have fun every day. And I don't think there's anything in life more fun than being in a band. You know, I and agree. you can take it, you know, you can take it as far as you want. You know, you can go to rehearsal once a week and, you know, and just meet up with your buddies and drink a few beers and play. Or you can take it on the road, you know. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Oh, that's oh, that's one band I forgot to mention. I play in a classic rock band. Um, the band is called Taylor and the Apes, and we've been playing for like maybe like close to like six or seven years, and we're working on our records. And we've, you know, uh, uh, we've uh, we've hit the road before. We've gone to like Montreal, uh, we've gone down to Virginia, you know. So we uh, we try to, you know, we try to play. And you know, really, what it comes down to is like, you know, you can take it as far as you want. You know, if you just want to get in a room with your buddies and play, you can do it. If you want okay. to hit the road. If I, if I had to put, ask you an unfair question now, okay, if you had to choose one, playing live or working on studio projects, if you could pick one. Uh, do I have to bring my own gear when I play live? <laughs> <laughs> Can I just show up and everything be there? Yeah, sure. There's a ba- if there's a back line, would you no, rather be on no. stage or, or helping people capture their dreams? Yeah, I, I, you, know, you know, I love them both. I really love them both. But I would say I like being in the studio because I like to I like to have like a blank slate, you know, yeah. where like where there's nothing recorded, and I like to see how things build and see how things morph, and you know, see the artist's face and go like, "Holy crap, I'm actually making something like I'm making this is coming out way better than I thought it would," you know, and I like to see that uh, that uh, that progression in like an artist's career, where they're playing and they go, "Okay, you know what? I'm really doing this now." I'm going to put out something that I'm proud of, you know, and I'm doing it with my best friends or whatever it is. And I'm really like, you know, I, you know, like, I just like to see like, uh, uh, um, I like to see like the positive vibes, you know, and I like to see people happy. So yeah, I rather be in the studio. You know, I love playing live and stuff. It's a lot of work, you know, um, I'm a little, um, I'm a little uh, road worn myself, you know, I'm a little, um, I'm a little beaten up, you know, um, <laughs> um, I used to be, um, yeah, like I used to work in like AV, you know, so I used to like load trucks and, you know, set up conferences and stages yep. and stuff. So, you know, I, you know, I work a little slower now live. I actually got like, um, like a little small drum set that I bring now it has a little 16, a 16 inch kick as opposed to a 22 inch kick and it fits in my van and I could lug it easily and yeah. it it makes my life a whole lot easier, but yeah, I um I think I um I think I really like to be uh you know 
Um, I like to be in the studio because I like um, artists to be able to uh, to just uh, play in the playground here and not have to worry about the technical aspect. And they could be artists and I could just do the tech side and and help them get what they want to get. Awesome, dude. Awesome. You know, so there's I guess, first of all, this is a fantastic interview. You are hilarious. I'm really psyched. You guys are hilarious. Yeah, I'm psyched we hooked up. Yeah, um, we're having fun, man. That's what yeah. we're all about. We're musicians. So let's talk about let's talk about dreams, man. What's your dreams for your studio? Any of your projects? Like, where do you want to take it, or or anything like you're trying to upgrade, or like, you know, I'm just I, I like to I like to put people, you know, I'm sure you're thinking it. I'm sure you're thinking about it, but like part of like the whole thing with this podcast is like sometimes if you force somebody to say it and it's also recorded and it goes out into the ether forever. You know, it's like, you know what I mean? You I never understand. know. You never the know. Self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> right. So, yeah. so roll with it, you know? So, so what, so yeah. So, um, so what are you thinking? You're thinking, uh, you're going to expand to like a giant studio and, uh, maybe like have the stones in there or something. <laughs> you, know, <I> don't know. <laughs> you know what? That would be awesome. That would be awesome. You know, I mean, I work with, you know, I work with like all like, uh, local, uh, local musicians, local artists, and mm-hmm. I love that aspect of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, um, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, you know, I, I mean, well, this might sound kind of cheesy and stuff, but I feel like I'm kind of living my dream right now. You know? Yeah. I feel like, you know, you know, I mean, there's so many times people go, Hey, listen, Josh, I wrote this song and you're the first one to hear it. Let me know what you think. And I go like, really me? You know, you're going to let me hear your song for the first time. Okay. And I hear it and I go, man. That thing is great. I mean, the rhythms are built in. The drum parts are built in already. I can hear it. You know, you have a good song. Because if you have a good song, if you have a good song with acoustic guitar and vocal or keyboard and vocal, right, and the song is good, you can always flesh it out as opposed to throwing the kitchen sink in and trying to make, you know, trying to make a shitty song sound uh, sound <laughs> good, you know, with, uh, with mm-hmm. more instrumentation. We right. need 97 didgeridoos, you know? <laughs> Uh, like uh, what was that movie? Uh, Walk hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like, so, like, you know, so, you know, um, I mean, I just want to take this as far as I can take it. You know, I would love to have a nice space where I can record some orchestras and some big bands, and just give people, you know, um, all the space they want to do what they do, and you know, if they want to do, you know, crazy things like break glass for sound effects and stuff, because you know, you can't do that in my studio. My studio is small. If you broke glass around here, I'd be cleaning it up for a month. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, um, I just want to work with artists who want to work with me. You know, I hope that I can, um, I could just, um, you know, I'll help them out on the technical side, the side they don't want to do, the organizational side. You know, a lot of people aren't organized. A lot of artists aren't organized. I try to run a really tight ship with my tracks and I try to just keep it. So, you know, I'm like the way I work on it, not to get like too technical and stuff, but I try to have, you know, um, I try to make records like I'm working on an eight track analog, you know, uh, recorder, you know, mm-hmm. I try to have all the instrument groups uh, come down to eight faders. You know, I have drums on a fader. I have bass on a fader. I have a, a rhythm guitars on a fader. I have, um, 
what I call like um, auxiliary guitars on a fader, like maybe the melody parts or just uh, maybe they're like uh, the rhythm guitars are clean and the auxiliary, the auxiliary guitars are heavy. And then I have solos and then I have keys on a fader and then I have lead vocals on a fader and I have background vocals on a fader. So mm-hmm. I try to have a little bird's eye view of eight faders uh, uh, that I look at and I try to get the mix from there, mm. you know, and, you know, of course, I'm working digital and I have unlimited tracks, but, you know, I try not to get bogged down into engineering. I try to focus more on producing. Mm. I try to have the engineering down to a science where I don't have to get, you know, get stuck in the technical uh, mess and I could just zoom out and go, OK, guys, here are the eight faders. Let's make it rock and let's nice. you know just and like really that's uh, that's how i work you know so i just try to uh, focus on the art you know and i just have a mind on the technical side because a lot of people just don't want to deal with it i don't blame them you know um, a lot of people have home studios and they go oh josh i don't know how you do this whenever i you know like oh, they tell me like whenever um i try to record at home i get so tired and the first thing i tell them is like well uh you know, um, is your stuff all set up? Or are you setting it up every time? And they go like, oh, well, you know, um, I got to set it up every time. And I'm like, oh, that's the yeah. first, you know, that's uh, that's a pitfall because that's, you know, that takes up so much energy. You have to have everything set up. The way I have my studio set up is I have everything mic'd up, ready to go. So when I'm at the desk, I go like, okay, there's a drummer here. Great. I'll arm their tracks. Okay, there's a bass player here. I'll, I'll, I'll arm their tracks. There's a guitar player here. I'll arm their tracks. There's another guitar player here. I'll arm their tracks. Uh, there's a keyboard player here uh, on their tracks and there's two singers. Great. And like, so it's just really, for me, it's just a matter of just pressing record. You know, I don't really set up much. Um, everything's set up. Of course, if there's like complicated setups or, you know, or like a, like some kind of like a unique setup, I'll go in and do what I have to do. But really for the most part, people can sit down and play and I have everything, you know, like I, I have everything hooked up already. Yeah, it's you know, awesome. You know, I don't want people to uh, to have to get bogged down in that stuff. You know, uh, some studios will do that. You know, will they have like the drums and and like you know, like you get to pick the drum set and you pick the drum set and you set it up and they tune it up and they mic it up. But you know, you're gonna burn a day. You know, you're gonna burn a day getting drum sounds. You know? Absolutely. Yep. And you know, you could do that. You could do. It. I mean, you know, I mean, I've done that here too, where you know, I've um, I've taken down my kit and people bring their own kit. And I tell them to bring it. Really, what I do is I just tell them to bring it like the day before, and we set it up and we tune it up and I mic it up. And this, you know, this way when they come down to play their tracks, they're not all exhausted. Oh my God! You you know what? You hit the nail on the head. That was like the, my least favorite part of going in the studio was spending um, four to six hours listening to just like drums getting hit one at a time. Yeah, kick, snare, tom, tom. And yeah, hours. I'm like, why am I here? Oh. I mean, I'm a drummer, so I do this all the time, you know. I'm always playing drums. I'm always tweaking. I'm always tweaking miking, and I'm always tweaking. I'm always tweaking sounds. I try to do all that, you know. I try to do all that legwork before the band comes, and this yeah. way, I have like a little sonic palette that I can choose from. So, so uh, when I hear the playing and I hear the parts, I kind of know which way to go. And then when the drummer comes in here, um, you know, they can decide if they like the way I'm going or not, and we could tweak from there, you know. Awesome. But really what it comes down to is like, you know, I just want the artist to be able to do what they can and do what they want and, uh, you know, uh, not uh, not get tied up 
with all the uh, with all the waste of time. I want them to make use of their time. I want them to get songs out. I want them to have a quality product that they love, you know. And I try to work. I try to work. Um, really, what it comes down to is I just try to work fast and efficiently. But you know, I'll do whatever it takes. Uh, to make it uh, to make it happen you know sometimes um, I work with artists who want to tune every single word of their vocal you know they want to tune it you know um, they want to do some uh, some tweaks to it and you know what we'll do it if that's what they want but they find out soon uh, soon after that you know what their initial take sounded really good and maybe there was a couple words that needed some help but there's a lot of rabbit holes that there's a lot of rabbit holes people can uh, can uh, can fall down you know, uh, can go down and a lot of pit, a lot of pitfalls that people can fall, uh, you know, uh, that people can fall down into. So I try to avoid those pitfalls at all costs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I can tell you from experience that I've been, you know, I've been diving into those. I do, I've dove into those pitfall, those pitfalls and I've dragged a couple people with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Are you kidding? Unfortunately, I'm working with the guy uh, right Not- now. And, uh, you know, he's been working on the same song for eight years. You know? <laughs> Stop. Yeah. And you know what? I tell him, um, I tell him, I'm like, I'm like, you know, I like really what it comes down to it. Like uh, when it, when we're done, he goes, oh, Josh, the mix is beautiful. I love the mix. I love the mix. And I'm like, great. I said, you should release it. And he's like, yes, yes, I'm definitely going to release it. And then, you know, maybe six months pass, eight months pass, maybe a year passes. And he's like, okay, so I have some tweaks, you know, I'm like, <laughs> Let's do it. You know, I want him to be happy. I'll do whatever I can to make him happy. But there is, you know, there are, there comes a time where, you know, um, uh, you start uh, getting, uh, what is it called? Um, you know, um, uh, <laughs> it's a um, ear fatigue. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, ear fatigue. And, you, you know, you get to the point of uh, diminishing returns, you know? Right. Where you hear things that, that's, that, that, that just people won't hear, you know. I try to keep, you know. I have a lot of little, um, I have a lot of little things to watch out for, you know. I'm always watching EQs and levels and stuff, and you know, edits and all kinds of tracks, and you know, and like it's a lot of like uh, little, uh, little things that you could zoom into. But I try to focus over the years. I just try to focus on zooming out, zooming out, and listening to the big picture, and trying not to touch too much, you know, and trying not to overdo it, and trying to just really paint with like broad strokes, you know, and let people really uh, have their art uh, come through and not uh, get, uh, get tied up in all the little frivolous details of, of this and that. I mean, if I hear something, if I hear a frequency that's really annoying me, I'm going to grab an EQ and I'm going to fix it, but I'm not going to sit there with the EQ for five minutes or 10 minutes and sweeping around because that's a waste of time. Yeah. I, I can say the brain power. I can sympathize. I told Dan recently that all my recordings from now on are going to be live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's like, what way to do it? Yeah. You know, it's like, I, it's also, you know, it's the perfect time for it because people don't, you know, people consume media differently now. So it's like, you can just put out the same song. Like this dude you're talking about, he could put out the same song every month and nobody would know the difference because because it's we're all it's like now media is like different it and it's it's there's an impermanence to it and so like you can just be kind of in the flow and just keep releasing and releasing and releasing and like just you know do your thing and 
you know, it maybe it'll become like a, you know, a classic record for all time. Or yeah. maybe it won't, you know, but you're not going to know. And and who knows, you know, I don't know. Everybody's different. So I'm not going to say. But for me, I'm just like feeling alive a lot more. Yeah. And you know what? Like, you know, like once you get down a real take and you're proud of it and you're happy with it, then you can move on and you can do more art. You know, you could do a different song. You could maybe uh, maybe have a new toy, maybe have a new pedal. And you yeah. want to try it and you want to you know put that on a record. Maybe you've been listening to uh, to a band and you, you know, you have uh, you have some uh, some different influences and you want to uh, record a new song. I mean, you know, like that's what it comes down to. It's like a real artist, like, you know, they just want to get this stuff out and they want to get it out of their system. You know, they don't want to mm -hmm. harp on it, you know, mm -hmm. and sometimes it's the magic of capturing the first take. I mean, I was working with this uh, with this punk band and they laid down two takes. And the first take was almost perfect, except there was a little mess up in the bridge. And the second take, um, they nailed the bridge, but the rest of the take wasn't that wasn't that great. So um, I made a comp of um, of the first take uh, with the second take's bridge, and then we went out to the yard, and uh, you know uh, they decided to uh, to uh, uh, to crack open a bottle of um, of uh, Jack Daniels, and you know, they were <laughs> drinking that. And then they did, uh, they did about seven more takes, and they were all worse. <laughs> you know? that, that happened to me i i i, I went to record a, a guitar solo and i wanted it to be like this big epic guitar solo yeah and my idea was i was i got a six pack of brooklyn lager oh and yeah gonna, and i was gonna drink i was gonna do one take sober and then i was gonna drink one beer between each take i like this and i, like I did six idea. takes and we comped the first two takes <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like all the other takes were shit. Of course they yeah. were. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I'm um, after like the I'm um, after their um their like eighth take. I played them the first take, and they said, "Wow, I didn't realize the first take was that good." And I said, "Yeah, you guys nailed it." You know, maybe there's you know what the thing the thing is like you could say like oh listen guys this first take is the throwaway so just you know just play and we're gonna do like ten more takes but the psychology of not stressing about that first take gives them the perfect take every time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. People overthink things. People overanalyze things. And really what it comes down to is like, you just want to be organic. You know, you, you, you want it to be organic. You want it to be natural. The more you tweak, the more you fix, the more you, like, the, really like the more you move stuff, the more you edit stuff, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, in my opinion, it, you know, like it just makes it worse. Yeah. It makes it worse, you know? So that's why I try to keep it organic. I try to have the guys do uh, three takes and take a little break and do another three takes. And you know what? Uh, they, uh, for the most part, they're always surprised. They go, wow, man, I don't think we could beat that second take or that fifth take, man. You know, the fifth take had a little magic to it. And I go, I go hell yeah. So let's use it. And then we'll overdub the rest. And, you know, you want to do a nice vocal on top? Go for it. You want to do a nice solo on top? You know, go for it. But the initial uh, the initial uh, groundwork is laid, you know? Mm -hmm. And the uh, uh, really, it just feels good, you know? Um, it feels like it did tracking in the 60s, tracking in the 70s, tracking in the 50s, tracking in the 80s, tracking in the 90s, you know, I mean, you know, bands would play together, you know, for the most part, you know, um, the best, uh, the best bands were the bands that played in one room. I mean, look at, uh, look at Black Sabbath Paranoid. It was done in two days. Mm -hmm. Actually, yep. um, I think it was done in one day, 
you know, and then uh, they were doing some, like, maybe some little overdubs and mixing in, uh, on the second day. I mean, don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure that's how it went down. But listen to that record. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It's classic. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's perfect. And, you know, what you might see as an imperfection can be somebody's favorite part. Yeah, that's so true. So I don't like to cut out stuff unless they really, really want me to. Like, oh, man, you know, I mean, like, like if it's really what it comes down to me is like, I like to just play the track and I like to listen to it passively. Like I like to uh, like, oh, you know, I'll hang out with the band, make some jokes, talk, eat. And if something like pops out at me, I go, okay, we got to fix that because it's like it doesn't feel good. But for the most part, like, you know, like, um. Man, if you fix every little thing, it's just not gonna. It's not gonna feel good anymore. Mm. It's gonna feel sterile. Yeah, I agree with that. So listen. Um, so I, I want to be respectful of your time, and we're up on a sixty-minute time frame. So um, it's an awesome. This is awesome, dude. I'm actually super psyched to connect with you. Same um, here, guys. I yeah, can't man. thank you enough. Uh. Well, first of all, you're welcome back on the show anytime. I would love to be on you the know, show. We could talk about this stuff. You know, we, I mean, we have a, we kind of have a schedule going, but like, you know, literally, I, I think you could come back like, you know, every six months or whatever, or every year and just, you know, give us an update or whatever. That I'm sounds sh- like a lot of fun. I, we also should definitely hook up. Uh, yeah. You music. guys are always welcome to come down to the studio, man. Yeah. And Dan Thank was you. just in town, by the way. So oh, I just we missed, missed we missed the opportunity, <laughs> but I next just time. missed them next time. Uh, so so before we go, just reiterate like any projects you want to like put out there. Obviously, Salon Sound is going to go on the the website is going to be in the show notes, right? And what is this specific URL? Uh, which one? Salon the your, the studio. Oh, um, it is uh, SalonSound.com. Dot com. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, so I'll put that in the show notes. And anything else you want to plug or you want to, you know? I mean, if you want to see what I'm up to, you can check out my Instagram at Josh Salant. Or you can check out the YouTube. Sometimes I post little videos. But uh, for the, you know, really, um, well, to be honest, it's just I'm like constantly working down here. And I'm always making records. So I don't always have a lot of time to post stuff. So just come by and hang out and drop by. It's no pressure. You don't have to book a session. Just come by and hang, and uh, we could do a little jamming. And if you want to make a record, I got everything that I have everything that we need to do it. Nice. So let's Amazing. have a little fun and party a little bit. Yeah, we'll take you. <laughs> we'll take you up on that, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. Hell I yeah. Love to hang out with you guys, man. Yeah, we're we're gonna do it. Sounds great. Thank you guys so much for yeah. having me on the show. Yeah, thank you for being thank on the you. show, thank man. Yep. Yes, yeah, awesome. It's, it's 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 my pleasure. You know, yeah. I love to um, love to hang out with with local fellow rockers like yourselves, like yeah. ourselves. That's exactly. what we do. Yeah, you know, and that's what, and I'm sort of like that's sort of you know we we Dan and I have the show, and and we're not both local, but you know, part of I have a sort of like a, a little bit of a side mission to sort of like make you know try to like I don't know make more of a community, you know. Yeah. So, you know, just hooking up with people is, you know, part of the process. So, you know, we just made, we just made the connection, you know, and hopefully make some more. I'm also super lucky because my house became like an artist hub, you know? So I always have artists crossing paths and I always have a 
a bunch of people down here of all different, you know, from all walks of life. Sometimes I record like contemporary Christian all the way to like satanic black metal. Mm-hmm. You know, I do all kinds of music. So like I like to just see like the meetings of minds and seeing how people talk to each other. And and, you know, I mean, listen, you know, that's what it's all about. You know, having the artists connect and your podcast is making it happen. Mm. You know, what would really impress me is if you got those two bands to do a collabo. Yes. <laughs> we'll call it Satanic Black Metal Contemporary Christian <laughs> Disco Punk Rock Extravaganza. Yes. All right, dude. Get them moving. Genius. Get them grooving. And, get them uh, get praying. To talk about the politics. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, that's the one thing we won't talk about. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Listen, listen, well, that's one thing about music, man. It's a universal language, right? So they right. leave their baggage at the door and does what they got to do. Mm-hmm. So yes. we're lucky with that, at least. You know? Amen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well, you guys are the best, uh, man. All Thank right, you guys dude. So all right. Much. Yeah, nice you, you're the, right back Adios. at you, homie. Later. Later.